All right, people. This is Uncle Yab, and you're listening to Gab with Yab. Today, this is my podcast episode number four, and I'm going to be talking about military life. As you guys all know, or some of you guys that know me, I was in the military for 20 years. I'm a U.S. Navy veteran. Okay, my uh, my job there was a hull technician. Hull technician is what you call it's a welder, and I was I wasn't an underwater welder. I was a welder on the surface. So I was a surface welder, hull technician second class, and I did my twenty years. I came in two thousand two thousand nineteen. I'm sorry, nineteen ninety, and I retired in two thousand ten. Okay, and um, I pretty much made that decision on my own. You know, I was um, I had graduated from school and everything like that, and I was trying to get different jobs. I was a kid at that time, not really a kid, twenty three years old, but I still was trying to find my way in life. So I wind up choosing a path to go to the military. So I told my parents, I said, you know, look here, you guys, um, I want to go into the military. And I want to make some out of myself. Because at that time, I didn't really want to go to college. And I didn't have the money to go to college. And at that time as well, I had a two-year-old daughter. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with her and the life I, like we all had. I had a girlfriend at the time, which became my first wife. So my daughter was two years old when I joined the military. I chose the Navy. Because um, the Navy had a lot of things to offer me in specific. Um, they, dealt, they had a lot of jobs. So a lot of times when you, um, if one of you young, young, you young guys, young girls or guys want to deal with the military or want to think about going into it, think about the Navy. Because a lot of times the Navy is a different way of going than, say, the Army or the uh, Marines. The Army and Marines, they do more of the ground stuff and the grunt stuff. They do have jobs, but um, I think you have more of an opportunity and more of a choice of what you can do in the military. Now, different type of jobs in the military, well, specifically with the Navy, they're called ratings. Now, the uh, Army and the military and the Navy, the Army and the uh, Marines call them um, MOS, MOS is so the Navy call them ratings. And like I told you guys, my rating was an HT, whole technician, second class. And that's what I retired as. Now, getting back to how I decided to join the, the military, how, 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 but why did I pick it? I pick it because, like I said once before, I was told that when you join the Navy, you can get to go different places and see different things. And that definitely was true. That was definitely true because I've been to a lot of places. I've been to France, Italy, Spain, Sicily. I was stationed in Hawaii for three glorious years. I was also down in um, in Florida for a while. I was stationed in Japan for a year. So that was really, um, that was really uh, a good thing for me, a good environment for me. In a way, in a way for me to um, get out and get away from my hometown, which was Washington D.C., I was able to get out, and I was also stationed in Guam too. I brought my family to Guam, 
and we had a good time. We really did. Guam is a little island off the coast of uh, Polynesia, and um, it was really nice. We we always call it a poor man's Hawaii. But other than that, it was it was a good time. It was a good time for us and my family. And the Navy is not really uh, in harm's way when it's come down to a war situation. Because I was in the Iraqi war and things like that, but I wasn't considered on the ground. I wasn't a ground pound or whatever. I was uh, inside the Navy ship, and I was doing my job under the um, engineering department. And I was I was an engineer, not an engineer, but part of engineering, which was um, doing my job. I was uh, fixing the ship. If the ship needs to need fixing, or if I had some type of uh, job to do, I would. They would, you know, get a job for us in my shop. I was in the um, CHT shop, and with the CHT shop, is considered the collecting, holding, and transfer shop. And we did what we did a lot of the plumbing work and the stuff like that. In the sewage department, so we did we did all kind of work in regards to that around the, around the ship. And uh, I was the work in the supervisor, so I had a couple guys. I had maybe like twelve or thirteen guys up under me. And this is when I was on the USS uh, Kitty Hawk, and this was in uh, Yokosuka, Japan. And I had a really good time there. But once again, like I said, you know, going different places and seeing a lot of different things can. Uh, open your eyes for for a young kid such as myself or anyone that's trying to go into the military. I would definitely pick the Navy or definitely would say the Navy is a, is a good way to go for all you young guys and girls trying to make a make something for yourself or thinking about going into the military. Okay, second of all, the um, life in the military. Well, what I did, I uh, once I joined... I didn't want to leave my my daughter there. She was two at the time, and I had a girlfriend, so I wound up marrying her. Okay, now you know a lot of a lot of things goes into marriages and uh, bringing a family on board with you when you go into the military. A lot of times, people do it for a lot of different reasons. They want to do it for pay purposes because when you bring on a wife and a kid, things like that. Once you join the military, they take care of them. And you also get a little extra money for having a a wife and kid or somebody or a dependent of somebody you're taking care of. Also, you can do it being single. And my advice for any young guy or girl out here today, if you want to do something like that, join the military while you're single. That way you can enjoy yourself by yourself. You can do what you want to do, explore, and do everything that you want to do without the hindrance of a family member back home and waiting on you to come back home and waiting on you to get from where you need to go. Because when you're in the military, you're gone You're gone for a long period of time, guys. Sometimes I was gone for six months at a time. I was on a few ships. And a lot of times my ship would, would leave on six-month deployments, and that's definitely a long time to be away from your spouse and your family. And um, that's one of the uh, pros and, and a few cons of that, being married and single, things like that. If you, ha- if you have a, a good wife or a good spouse, they will be able to handle it. They will be able to um, take on the um, responsibility that you left, and continue on 
But there was also instances where I had guys or either girls that it didn't work out so good. You know, a lot of the guys were getting Dear John letters and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys know what a Dear John letter is, but that's not good if you are 3,000, 4,000 miles away out to sea and your wife or a significant other sends you a letter saying that, hey, it ain't working out or, hey, I moved out and um, I, I don't like this anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm unhappy. And you can't come home. So that's that's definitely a, a bad feeling. Now, I've never been through that, but I have knew guys that did, and I felt for them guys because that's definitely a bad feeling. Now, I was on a few ships in the military. I started off on the USS Grapple, ARS-53, out of Virginia, out of Little Creek, Virginia, and it was like a rescue salvage ship. And once again, I was doing my duties there, and I started off as a fireman recruit. And I worked my way up to um, second class petty officer, HT2. And uh, we had a lot of fun there. And that, that one ship, particular ship that I just told you about, we had divers on that ship. And uh, we dealt with a lot of diving expeditions. If um, anything happened with ships or planes that uh, crashed in the water or at sea, a lot of times we were tasked for going out and retrieving that ship. Or that plane. And it was a lot of fun because we got to see different things underwater. And, we had, and everybody was um, involved in evolution like that. It was an all-hands expedition when it came down to that. So I was in the Navy. I was in, the, I was in, um, I was in Virginia for like eight years of my military career. So I told my wife at the time, hey, um, let's do something else. You know, you want to go overseas. And let's try something different because I figure... If I'm going to do a 20-year bid in the military, I want to see the world. So what we wound up doing after I got done with uh, my my eight years in in in, in Norfolk, Virginia, and I had, I was I went I was on sea duty and I was on shore duty, so that was pretty good there too. So once I got done with that, I picked a ship in Guam, okay, and that was the uh, USS Frank Cable. And what that ship did, that was that, that ship pretty much um, took care of submarines, and that ship would go around. And if the submarine, if a submarine had problems, and the submarine was out to sea, we would actually go to that submarine and tend it, fix it, you know, do everything it needed to do. It was like we, we were like a um, a workshop out to sea. And if that submarine needed needed anything, and we and if we were able to do it, we would do it. And if that that consisted of welding, pipe fitting, brazing, cutting, so on and so forth. So I stayed in Guam for like a year. Then I went to school in Hawaii. I went to a well school in Hawaii, and that was that was that was definitely a good time there. And then I wind up going to Yokosuka, Japan. For like a year, and I was on the USS Kitty Hawk. That's an aircraft carrier. And during that time, that was when uh, they did the second bombing of the uh, World Trade Center. And after that, once they did that, they called everybody back to the ship, and we went balls to the wall. That's what they call it. <laughs> and uh, it took us two weeks to get from Yokosuka, Japan, to the Arabian Sea. And we stayed out there 
we stayed out there and what we and what my ship was doing, what my ship was the actual platform for the uh Blackhawks. And if you guys know anything about stuff like that, Blackhawks, Delta Force, these are the bad the badasses of the Navy. So what they would do, they would sign these guys to come on board a different ship or a vessel and basically be a witch hunt. So a lot of times they did all their sleeping during the day and at night they would saddle up all their stuff, get their guns, get their weapons, and they would go out and they would get sent off by plane to go do their thing with the Bin Laden situation. And it was it was fun, you guys. It was really fun. The only, once again, only bad part about it, we didn't know when we were going home. And we had a thing called, uh, we were doing emails and stuff like that, sending back and forth. But once you're in a combat situation or once you're overseas in combat, they shut all that stuff down. So you can't get in contact with nobody, your girlfriend, your wife, your significant other, nobody. And that's a, that's a, that's a terrible feeling, terrible feeling, because they don't want us or you guys back home to let anybody know where our where our destination is. And I mean, we were out there two, three weeks at a time, a couple months at a time, and we didn't really know where we were because the captain wasn't telling us anything, and it was, it was just crazy. It was crazy. But I mean, overall, we had a good time. We had a good time, and I enjoyed it. And we got done with that. We came back home. I got back home, say, maybe two days before Christmas, and that, and that was rough. So that, we got back home. We, I enjoyed myself then. And um, I left Japan, and I got stationed in Hawaii. Three glorious years, you guys, in Hawaii. I was in Oahu. That's that's Honolulu, Hawaii. And I definitely had a good time there. So I was in Hawaii, and I was on a ship called the USS O'Kane. That was a DDG, which is a destroyer guided missile, DDG-77, the USS O'Kane. And I was like a small ship, but we had a good time. And now I was I, I used to be on the East Coast, which was Virginia, stuff like that. So now I'm on the West Coast, you guys. And it's definitely different, especially being in Hawaii. The weather was gorgeous. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my whole time there. And we did we did a lot of different things. We got underway. We did same thing. We did jobs and stuff like that. We did ex- expeditions. We went we went out to different co- countries. We did we had different courses we had to go. We went out to Singapore. We did a lot of different trips. We had six month deployments, and that's what happens when you're on a ship. You do what you call six month deployments. And I definitely had a good time. I mean, Turkey, Spain. Singapore, Hong Kong, all those places were, were really good places to go. Thailand, definitely good places and stuff like that. I went to the um, UAE, the United Arab Emirates, and that was a lot of good shopping there, a lot of good gold, a lot of silk, jade, things like that, and um, just a lot of things that you would ordinarily see if you didn't go into the military. And and I enjoyed it. I really did. I enjoyed that time. So once my time was up in um, in Hawaii, I was there from uh, 03, 2003 to 2006. And then I started, 
I, I made I made my way over to back to Florida to Florida, and that was Mayport, Florida. I was on the USS John F. Kennedy, and the Kennedy was a was another aircraft carrier, but the Kennedy was in bad shape. And by that time, I was in my 16th, 17th, 18th year. And the Kennedy, I was only there for seven months because the Kennedy wasn't really a ship that was going out to sea, things like that. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want to go out to sea anymore. I was getting tired of it. And we pretty much decommissioned that ship. And if you guys Google the USS John F. Kennedy and you Google the uh, decommissioning crew, you will see my name. Whole technician, second class, Larry T. Thompson. East Wasp, surface warfare. That was my pin that I wore. I was I was considered an enlisted surface warfare specialist. And what that entails is just basically you get a pin for learning everything about the ship, you know, the different things about how the ship run, and that's 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 dealing with the engines. Things like that, and once you once you complete that, you take a test. They give you a pin, and you'll be what you call East Was certified, and that's enlisted surface warfare specialist. Now, my next topic is how to cope while you're in the military, how to last. Now, I was the type of person the way I was raised. I was raised with respect and to respect others. So it wasn't hard for me to uh, take orders and follow direction because I, I was doing that with my dad and mom as a kid. But you definitely want to do that. You definitely want to do that. Do different things like that. Coping with the military, what you want to do, you want to just uh, keep your head up, keep grinding, keep a good work ethic. And if you don't have a good work ethic, the military definitely will teach you one. And that followed me to this day. I did 20 years. I retired in 2010, like I said. And to this day, I get to work half an hour to an hour early. I've been doing that for years because the way I look at it is because the military was like, if you're on time, you're late. So that was always distilled in, in, in my mind. So now, even now today, when I go to work at the hospital that I work at, I may come 30 minutes early and just sit out in the parking lot and just watch TV. I mean, watch, watch, listen to music. I'm sorry. And, um, maybe, you know, make some phone calls and stuff like that before I go in, but I'm definitely going to be early. And that's, that's come from that military work ethic, that background that I have. And as far as coping with it, you just want to just, uh, stay positive for you young cats that's trying to go into the military. Hopefully I can help you guys out. You know, always have a support cast with your family or somebody that's willing to write you letters, send you um, packages, care packages, they call it. And, you know, maybe it may have your favorite magazine or your favorite book or just some or just some stuff like gum, candy, things that you like that you was always eating back home and always let them know to send you something that's um they let you. They let you know. They let you think about home while you're away. Because trust me, you guys, when you're out to sea, I'm not gonna say that it's no fun. But sometimes it can get lonely out there because you don't have no family. And the military crew, the Navy crew, pretty much becomes your family. And um, I made a lot of good friends. A lot of good friends, you know, in the military. But between that time and I retired, and I 
I don't regret one one time ever joining. And a lot of the guys that I have, a lot of the guys that I was dealing with, and a lot of friends um, were definitely good guys, and I still close to them to this day. Okay, now, next topic is the three things you must do in the military to stay to stay relevant, to keep on top of what you're doing, and just to be a good sailor, a good a good military personnel, etc. One, you want to keep a good uniform, and that's all they ask for in the military. Keep a good uniform because you're gonna always be looked at. You're gonna always have different type of inspections, so you wanna always be what we used to call squared away. Make sure you're a squared away sailor. Have a, have your hair cut nice. Make sure you make sure you have a clean shave. Make sure your boots are shine, spit polished. Make sure your creases are right in your shirt, and make sure everything is on point. Because once again, you're gonna be look, you're always gonna be looked at. You're gonna be in formation, and your superiors are gonna see all that type of stuff. So it makes it different. Two. Come to work on time, and like I said, that's where that that's where that work ethic comes in. That that I got to this day, always coming to work on time, and that's a sign of responsibility. If you come to work on time, that means they can depend on you and they can trust you, and you can go a long way. Number three, you have to know how to take orders. Now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can't take orders in the military, if you can't take orders from your mom and dad, do not join the military. Because if you don't have that that take that ethic, well, you can somebody ask you to do something, you do it. You may not want to go to the military because you, you definitely ain't gonna last. You're not gonna last, guys. So you have to be able to take orders. And um, I'm not talking about nothing where a person is uh, demeaning you because a lot of times people get that impression that the Navy is all about hollering and screaming and calling you all kind of names and stuff like that. That military is pretty much gone. I know you guys saw the movie Full Metal Jack and stuff like that. Well, that was a Marine aspect of it. They still may have that, but in the Navy, <laughs> basically they call it a kinder and gentler Navy now. Where they don't do all the screaming and hollering and stuff like that. But, you know, it's nothing wrong with it. That just makes your skin thick. And sometimes, you know, sometimes people need stuff like that to keep them going in the right direction. And that's that's what all, that's all I have to say on that, you guys. Um, so hopefully this podcast helped out with um, any decisions of any of these young people that want to go into the military. It's definitely a good move. You get paid every 1st and 15th, and once you get out, whether you did one year or five years, you consider a veteran. And all you veterans out there, I'm talking to you guys as well, and you guys know who I'm talking to, you get what you call a veteran's preference. So that entails if you, you know, apply for any job, city, state, or government job, that veteran preference allows you to, to, to be picked first for the job. Based on your skills and based on you being in the military, that's like a reward. It's like a reward, and it's, and it's definitely awesome. You know, I, I drive around now with veteran license plates, and um, I get a lot of respect. 
I went to um, I went to a toll one day. And I was paying my toll, and I went to pay it. And and the, and the uh, toll booth guy said, "Go ahead, sir. Somebody already paid it." You know, and I, I was like, "Wow, that was awesome!" Because the person saw my veteran tag, so they went on ahead and, and did that for me. And I appreciated that. And I take pride in being in the military. A lot of people um would talk down about it and say that the military is not for certain people, it's not for us or whatever. You know, and I beg to differ because I had 20 good years and now the military is taking care of me. You know, so um, I don't have nothing bad to say about it. Once again, this whole show is about military life, you know, pros and cons. And hopefully I've gave you some of the pros and some of the cons, especially with... um dealing with military from a single standpoint and from a marriage standpoint. You guys also have to know that pretty much the military owns you. So you can't just get up and leave. Oh, well, I'm going back home. I'm, I'm sick of this crap. Nah, it's not going to work. You have to fill out different paperwork and you have to do different things the right way. And basically, if you signed up for two years or four years, that's a contract that you got to abide by. Excuse me. And um, a lot of times people don't want to do that. They get homesick. They try to get out of the military. And um, once you do stuff like that, you start putting a negative eye on things. And if you get out of the Navy without your contract being up, that's not a good thing. That may be something negative. You know, you don't want to get out. You want to get out with an honorable discharge, not a dishonorable discharge. You, your, your, on your paperwork, it wants to say honorable discharge because a lot of times if you get out dishonorably, you won't be getting a job anywhere or it'll definitely be hard, especially in the federal government. So if you guys ever decide to do that, decide what you want to do. If you want to, you want to make a career like I did, which wasn't bad, or you can do your three or four years and get out. If you get out in three or four years, you can use what you call the GI Bill or whatever they have now, and that can help you go to school, go to college. They'll pay for your books. They'll pay for your tuition. You just have to make sure you get the right grades and, and, and continue doing the right thing. And it's a good deal. It's definitely a good deal. And um, they give you money. They give you a stipend to live. They give you a stipend for your books. And that's what I did. I took, I took advantage of all that type of stuff, and then when I retired, and I, I retired and back in Norfolk, and I wound up coming up to um, Massachusetts. And uh, I went to Bunker Hill Community College, and I I went for an associate degree in fire science. But I fell short, so I wound up getting a certificate at fire protection and safety. I did my 66 credits, and um, that's another thing I can put on my resume. And it was definitely fun. It was definitely fun. And the military paid for everything. So I was definitely grateful for that. And um, that's where I'm at today. Well, once again, you guys, you, you've been you've been rapping with, or you've been gabbing with Uncle Yab, and that's my story. And you guys always, I want you guys to always know that I got something to say, and I'm gonna put it out there. So until next time, take care and God bless. <laughs>